Blog Talk Radio. Mind Whisperer for Tuesday, January 22nd, 2013. We're living in very auspicious times. Uh, yesterday was the inauguration uh, for the second term of President Barack Obama and uh, Joe Biden, Vice President. Um, it's also Martin Luther King Jr. Day yesterday. So again, you know, very auspicious timing and uh People may have, you know, varying opinions about uh, President Obama, but it certainly is um, very interesting times that we're living in, and uh, the fact that we have an African American president and uh, somebody who I think kind of really embodies the, the, you know, nobility of the office. That's my personal opinion, anyway, uh, just in his demeanor and his statementship, and and uh, in some ways, really carrying the torch of Martin Luther King, um, you know, his humanitarian outlook. You know, the presidency of the United States is a very complicated position and um, there's a lot of pressures on that office, you know, to fulfill a lot of different mandates. Um, Anyway, we're not here to talk about the presidency of the United States. We're here to talk about the presidency of you (laughs) and how um, how you can uh, function better as a human being with a more open heart in the world and, and uh, less from the closed down uh, controlling aspect of, of ego mind. And that's been the theme for the last few shows. Uh, so I'm going to get right to it today and pick up the theme from the last couple of episodes. Today we're talking about uh, ego and judgment. And this is again following up to hopefully finally directly address the question brought by one of uh, one of my listeners about dealing with someone uh, in their personal life who is a drag to be around. Quite frankly, um, that's the way they put it. And this is not someone they live with or have a you know an ongoing relationship with on a daily, weekly basis, but um, socially connected. And um, the person can be a, you know a, a drain on the energy. Um, and also um, can, in this situation, uh, is proving to be challenging in terms of the relationship they have with their spouse and um, uh, this person's uh, friendship with that that spouse and that relationship and how she perceives this uh, this arrangement and and the impact that this negative spouse is having on her friend. So all this is sort of like looking in on the situation with this outside critical eye judgment. And But the quality about that I want to address today and hopefully get right to the heart of this question is this sense of taking it personally, that we are offended, we, we, we take umbrage, there's a sense of being indignant about the situation, and we really take it to heart and get energized by it. And so the original question is, how do we deal with that? What is the hook there? What is 
debates that's that's drawing us in to energetically become entangled in this situation and uh, caught up in it like a net. So it's the hook, the bait, the hook, and then we get pulled into the into the net. Some mixed metaphors there, um, but that's essentially the problem. And so we have to pull back a little bit and again readdress the overall situation, the context that we're in. And today, what I want to introduce to really ad- address this question and hopefully give some practical insight. Uh, my aim here is to always be pragmatic and give you uh, some insights that will help you on a daily basis. And we have to look at the problem. The problem is is that most of us are operating from a premise of uh, within ourselves and the way we've grown up in this Western society of coming out of the conditions of our childhood and our parenting and the society at large, which can uh, which conditions a feeling of uh, sort of what my friend of mine calls a faulty premise. Or you can look at it in terms of the Christian outlook as being uh, born into the original sin, the original sin of of the human being in this moral quandary of sexuality and desire and etc. Now, there is some crossover there with Buddhism that, you know, we want to keep our ego in check and not be uh, the victim of our desires and, and attachments. But from the Western point of view, there is this idea that there's something, you know, inherently gone wrong in us. And so this this is a long narrative that we're born and we have to somehow overcome the faults of who we are and try and become a good person. So we'll call this sort of the conditional acceptance. And we have this sort of claustrophobic, panic-like quality about being trapped in this chrysalis or this cocoon that we have to break out of. And unfortunately, as I said in past programs, we have to adapt to our environment and our parents and our social relationships to try and find some solid ground to feel okay about ourselves and to get to gain acceptance. So we're all operating on some level with this ego struggle to shore up our identity, our character. And this is what conventional therapy does from in Western psychology is to strengthen the ego, strengthen character. And as you become more of a solid being internally, then you are sort of impervious to outside influences and what people may think of you um, and and that need for approval. So that has a very conditional quality to it, and we're always kind of on guard, vigilant, to look for external threat and to protect this ego. But this ego is a fiction. It really is a fiction of this story, this narrative that goes back millennia, and the idea that somehow it's us against everybody else, this separateness. So what I want to address to this listener is, when we're in a situation where someone challenges us, and this is very different from a family member where that we're living with someone full time, that's that, that's um, you know more intense scenario. But where someone is intermittently in our lives, and and we really feel challenged by their moods, by in this case, this person has a, a certain character traits and and uh, mood swings that are very difficult to be around and encounter, you know. And so it was described to me. And so the idea is, is rather than looking at it from this point of original sin, and now here comes along this other person that's kind of a mirror for how we feel about ourselves, that 
how do we deal with this person that we we immediately bristle to and feel this, oh, I wish they were something other than they are, okay? And that's just a mirror of our relationship with ourselves. We're all, on some level, slightly edgy and uncomfortable and even panicky about this trapped feeling of being inside of our skins and our egos. And so that's going to be triggered by somebody else. And so contrary to that, from again, borrowing from this Mahayana Buddhism, which is called the Middle Way Buddhism, or uh, which is strongly represented in, in the Tibetan path of Buddhism, and I've been drawing on that, uh, partly because of my interest in it and my influence and my background from uh, one of the main purveyors of, and first purveyors of Tibetan Buddhism in the West, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, who founded the Shambhala uh, secular path of, of, uh, um, of Buddhism in, in the West, Shambhala training, mind training. And so th- this has a, a very different viewpoint, which is that we all have this Buddha nature. And that is what Chogyam Trungpa describes as basic goodness. And this is very different from what we ascribe to people in our lives that you know we want to have kind of almost a um, Pollyanna or an idealistic view of people. We want to be nice and we want to be nice to other people. And so we want to sort of reach in, in, in almost a contemptuous way, a pitiable way towards other people that we want to try and find the nice in other people. okay? And that's a very conditional approach in the sense that we'll pick through the things we don't like and sort of conditionally find something that we can tolerate in somebody else. Well, tolerance isn't a very, isn't a very generous quality. It's, it's again, kind of a, a, as a pity or contempt quality to it. And instead, the idea of basic goodness is this intrinsic, inherent, uh, unquestionable, uh, what they call diamond quality of heart and Buddha nature that we all have. It's there. We're all born with it. It's our birthright, and it's just the gift of being alive and the preciousness of life that all of us carry. And so this basic goodness doesn't have to be uh, uh, discovered or cultivated. It's not something that people, some people have and other people don't, and you have to look on other people as somehow um, being victims of not having been born with it and so we have to kind of look down on them and feel pity for them a sense of charity it's there in all of us and so something profound came to me in in a discussion with a buddhist friend of mine uh he was speaking with another uh uh colleague let's say and uh was asking this person who's also a, a like myself a counselor well you know you must see a lot of people during the day and how do you pace yourself? How do you kind of refresh and reset between uh, clients? Because, you know, it must be very difficult that you're you know, going through this work and a lot of stuff comes up and, and then you have to kind of clear and make space for the next person. And this counselor responded to my friend uh, by saying, well, I simply, when, I, uh, when I'm presented with the next client, I simply look for their basic goodness. Now, that sounds very simplistic, but it's a very profound notion. And w- what this person is saying is that I I reach through the illusion, this fiction of, of this uh, surrounding, you know, membrane of my ego self, you know, that there's me and then everyone else in the world. 
And I, I, I reach through that, the illusion of that, to connect with that inherent goodness in the other person. I'm looking through the, the illusion of my own ego and the story that I have about this other person, who I may not even really know, to reach out and connect and thereby allow them to connect with their own basic goodness as a, as a person. This warmth and intelligence and, uh, again, the potential to reach enlightenment by cultivating what we, what's called bodhicitta, which is the awakened mind or the awakened heart, to, to let that... Uh, the, the metaphor in the, in the uh, Buddhist lineage is, is the lotus, right, which grows from the murky depths, the mud of the, and the muck of the pond, and the darkness down in the bottom of the pond, up into this beautiful blossom at the surface. And so, to my listener, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm offering this wonderful metaphor that there's nothing extraordinary that you have to really do. There's no huge obstacle to overcome in yourself. Um, really, it's taking the focus off the struggle with the judgment and the energy, and we can talk about that more and more, but I really want to take the focus off of that whole problem and break through that, that entanglement with my ego, their ego, how do I balance this all out, and simply cut right through and look for the basic goodness in the other person. And what happens then is this whole other space opens up. There's this warmth and this generosity and this friendliness that emerges where you start to see the other person in a whole other light. And it eases your own struggle within yourself. The warmth is kind of very flooding. And there's a sense of compassion and openness. And you see, rather than see the faults in the person and, and that sense of pity and I wish they were different and, and I'm such a good person for reaching out to them, you're simply recognizing that basic goodness that is And there's something very enervating and positive and uplifting about that. And you see through their problems and what seem to be their faults and people can be challenging for sure. And you give them the opportunity to just simply be in that Buddha nature, to see them in that light. And, and it can have a very positive influence. At least for yourself, it gets you out of the story of struggling, that sort of claustrophobic, tight space that you're in to try and wrestle with and get out of that negative energy. And it relieves you of this job of having to manage other people. You know, I've got this problem that the world is full of people and I'm constantly having to fend them off. So I hope that gives you... Um, a tool to work with. I think it's tremendous. And, and where we fail with our offspring, you know, our kids, our, our students, um, you can always reach out to look for the basic goodness in other people. And it cuts right through that whole ego struggle. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on The Mind Whisperer.